0: This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to AlaskaAir.com. This is the We Art Tacoma Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of We Art Tacoma. This is Eric Hanberg. I'm producer Doug, <laughs> and I always ask how are you doing, Doug. So I'm just <laughs> going to do it again. How are you? A little, little tired, but it, it's fine. It's nice and sunny out. It's nice. It is nice and sunny out. Our guest today is Amy McBride, uh, the city. Actually, I don't remember catching her title. She works in the arts at the city and has since 1999. We, as we learned, she's this my episode. favorite governmental employee. <laughs> She tells us all about uh, the history of the arts. We talk about the Stranger article. That was really the impetus for this conversation. If you haven't uh, read it, the link is in the show notes. Go read it. You'll see what we're talking about. And uh, let's get on with the show. And we are here for another episode of We Art Tacoma. This is Eric Hanberg, and my guest is Amy McBride, the one and only Amy McBride. Welcome to the
1: podcast, Amy. Thank you, Eric. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: I want to talk about a lot of different things, but the context of them is the Strangers article that was published like two weeks ago, I think now at this point. Sounds right. Um, Tacoma is positioned to displace Seattle as the region's center for the arts. That's quite a statement.
1: Quite a statement. In
0: The Stranger.
1: Yeah, even if you didn't read the article, the fact that they stated that in The Stranger in a Seattle-based Paper the, the, is they huge. didn't even
0: call us Hardscrabble or anything what? like that.
1: <laughs> the gritty city the position gritty city. to be less gritty. I don't know what they do. I, doing I feel
0: like like one through line in all of the time I've been in Tacoma is that we love to critique and talk about articles about us. Like like we just we have a chip on our shoulder for any any negative possible word, and then these these make the rounds. But I also thought it would be interesting to talk about not only this article but use it as a way to talk about like how we got here, like how we got to a place where Tacoma Arts might even be considered in this way. Sure. When did you start working in the arts in general? Let's just start with there. Mm. In in general.
1: In general, I started uh, working in the arts at Bellevue Community College in about 1996, five or six, okay. something like that.
0: Okay. And then when did you come to Tacoma?
1: I moved to Tacoma in October of 98, and I moved here before I got my job, uh-huh. which I think uh, people may not realize, um, because I saw even then the potential that people talk about now, that it, it it's an urban town. I, c- I couldn't do rural. It wasn't my uh, preference. I liked the diversity of Tacoma. It's one of the more diverse cities in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I liked... I come from the Midwest originally, M- Milwaukee, so I kind of okay. had that. Now, even though I ran screaming away from Milwaukee. You like the industrial
0: city maybe a yeah, little bit? Yeah,
1: I kind of, you know, I find myself hearkening back to uh, an industrial kind of town. Um, I like the housing stock, yeah. and I'd lived in Seattle and San Francisco and D.C., and I'd always been in these cities where I'd always hear, oh, you should have been here X number of years ago, and you could have afforded a house or you could have right. done these things. And I thought I wanna be in the kind of city where I'm I'm on that the ground floor. And so uh, we actually we, we'd lived we lived in Seattle and we did this mile kind of circle. We looked at North Bend and Everett and Bremerton and all these other choices and um, Tacoma just we'd come down to Tacoma for the museums, Tacoma Art Museum when it was in the old bank building. In the old building. bank building, yeah. And the tumbleweeds would be blowing down Pacific Avenue and um but we noticed that the University of Washington was coming here and the State History Museum had just been built. And we're like, hmm, yep. there's something something here. You know? And all
0: concentrated, too. I mean, I, I there was an infographic in the News Tribune in the early 2000s that showed the just like the public spending. And if you add uh, the Superfund site with the EPA, mm-hmm. um, the Theophos Waterway, the link, the History Museum, the University of Washington, I mean, it it gets close to like a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Um, It's just a staggering amount of money in a very small geographic area. Some of it for the arts and some of it just new infrastructure.
1: Right, right. But it all definitely um, fed into each other. Yep. And I recall when I was hired as the first public arts specialist for the city. This um, is 98? Well, yeah, hired at the end of 98, started in 99. Um, The city had uh decided to use the arts as one of as a tool for revitalization and yep. and that's you know supported a lot of that investment and they created the culture and tourism division and a lot of what our charge was it was it then consisted of the arts, historic preservation, and sister cities and kind of co-locating those little areas of expertise yep. Yep. and our our charge was to really um, capitalize on that that infrastructure to give um, visibility to the new museums that were being built and um, I just recall sort of trying to figure out ways to build critical mass and and try to think about how not just the the arts organizations were supported but how to how to engage artists how to even know who was here and what what was happening on the ground at the time and that that um, Helped us start some key key programs that are still in play now, like Arts Month. Um, we started the funding for individual artists yep. and things like that to start to, you know, kind of see who is out there, give a variety of incentives for people to participate, different ways to plug in. So I think I don't, it doesn't need to, this could take on the whole podcast, <laughs> but you know, with with the uh, um, Tacoma Dome debacle in the '80s, where the one percent for art that uh, devotes. Funding to public art was was voted out as a result of the the uh, neon on the tic-
0: On the ticom- outside of the on So some people don't know that, that originally yeah. there was supposed to be neon on the outside of right. the dome. And that was met with disdain. Is that fair? Yeah,
1: the, the uh, contractor refused to insure the roof, and that sent everything into a tailspin. And although the neon was ultimately created, it was on the inside, and then there was this whole crazy thing about whether they should cover it, you know, or turn it off. Or, and then the mayor of Seattle sent a letter saying, well, we'll take it. We think Steven Antonakis is amazing. And then Tacoma was like, wait, no, no. You know, so <laughs> there's a whole crazy story about all that stuff. But ultimately, it, um, the citizens uh, canceled the Percent for Art program, and meanwhile, Seattle, even though we were one of the earliest programs in the nation, Seattle continued theirs and has become a real uh, centerpiece for public artists in the whole nation. You yeah. know, and and talking to some of the artists that were here at the time, they felt like a, you know people, Tacoma really turned away from the arts. So, um, being hired as the first public art specialist was like a stake in the ground to say we want to get public art back and we're actually going to commit a position to it. And um, that's where I started a lot of my work too in in working with neighborhoods to do, you know, business district identity and start to – because the the citizens wanted it, you know, and and it really started from the ground up like that.
0: What do you think the state of the arts in Tacoma were in 98, 99? Because when I think back, there's no history museum or it was – very soon opening, you know, like built, being built. Yeah. Museum of Glass, still kind of a dream. The Art Museum is still five years away from being in its new home. It's in a bank. Um, what do you think the, the situation was at the time? And, and of course, there's, you know, the, there's theaters and music and all sorts of other things, but I'm just curious how it all fit together in your perception.
1: Right. Well, that's that's where I look at at the first Arts Month as a real barometer, you know. Um, we put together all the events we could collate you know both in the big institutions and anything that anybody wanted to put on in their shoe store or wherever um and I think there were about 50 events during the month of it was in November at the time and we did studio tours where I was calling up my friends to say hey do you want to you know open your studio and there were I think there were 13 you know something like that and and we have you know four hundred events and seventy six studio tour you know just as a this as year. a real yeah. you know thumb thumbnail look at that shift um so you know i i I do know that there there the fact that the city made the commitment to invest in the arts was was key, and the um investment in the in the pantages and all that in the in the late eighties was instrumental Absolutely. and and just that um that roll up your sleeves attitude of Tacoma's to really, you know, make things happen was definitely there, but opportunities for artists um, were kind of well. But you know, but then at the same time there was an Equity theater, you know, so there were some things then that right. were right we different had some things now. that we
0: we don't exactly anymore. Yeah. Although Tacoma Arts Live is trying to bring one back, right? But, um, in some in some way, shape, or form, you're right. So so we have we have lost at least something, but it's interesting. I. Um, I've been trying to think about in some of these interviews with people uh, over the course of this podcast. And it's interesting to hear what people call out in terms of like, especially for the people who've been in the arts in a long time, like last episode, Mindy Barker really called, you know, the the opening of the coffee shops, like a really important thing, like cool coffee shops where she got to meet other artists, where the art was being displayed as something that was really meaningful to her in the arts connection. She called out the, the, the listserv, the arts listserv. Oh, yeah. Um, as some, as something that was really important, which um, I feel like I go on and again and off again on that listserv. Like, every so often I'm like, oh, there's too much. And now I finally figured out how to have Gmail filter it so I can just, like, look at it all at once as opposed to – Right. That, that's a pro tip, everyone. Use your Gmail filters because that can overwhelm you if you – just get it all day, every day. So absolutely, I have it go to a subfolder, and then I look at it all at the same day.
1: Yeah, pro tip, and and the fact that the listserv, such an ar- now archaic tool, is still relevant in some way is astonishing to me. I mean, it was a it was it was kind of a life saving measure because I was being put in the position of being the um, the go-between. And I thought this is not sustainable. Right. <laughs> I can't do this. Right. And then I heard in some meeting that there was this thing called a listserv and I'm like, wait a second, how do how do we do that? And it really was um, an amazing way for artists to talk to artists directly and yep. to build community. And yep. and then you started to see um, those networks getting stronger and then you know my whole philosophy in and, and what I do is Always to be creating the the most fertile foundation for creatives to grow. It's not it's not to produce a bunch of stuff, you know. And in, in the beginning, we had to produce more things because there weren't as many things happening. Um, but now it's like, oh, good that that group of folks has run off, you know, taken that and whatever the things are and run with it, and yeah. and that's the best thing. So it's, but it's then also trying to be responsive in that philosophy because you know that that foundation needs to change dynamically with what the needs are in the community yeah
0: what do you think some of the other milestones are i mean we can go back to the 80s with the the pantages theater being uh what steph farber calls like seven women with brooms right love that um the we have you know maybe the the union station and the a, a real adoption of chihuly glass all over tacoma mm-hmm. the swiss uw what what else stands out for you as big milestones in our in our journey
1: yeah sort of our the arts journey a big co- coalescence of, of the, that infrastructure. So developing a museum district, you know, and then having the theater district. Then I think that the next thing to me was really more about growing grassroots and individual artists and, you know, what, what's the infill around that. And so I'm trying to think, if we think of like years, I know for a watershed moment for a lot of the work we do was about 2007 or 8. Um, and I remember there was a, a shift in the, in the commission membership, um, the Arts Commission membership, and we had a, a retreat. And we came out of that tr- retreat with a, with a directive to, to try new things and to take some risks, which was great. And, and we started out of that year um, Spaceworks Tacoma because, again, it's like, okay, we have these, we have these um, anchor institutions now with the museums what do people do when they leave the museum? Where are right. they going? Where do they get to right. ha- go to coffee? Where do, are there galleries? Are, you know, and uh, SpaceWorks was a, a way to try and um, definitely activate the streetscape, but to also be building capacity because there was a big there was a big movement for a while. We we need an arts incubator. We, right. we need you know, and I and I thought at the time, I, I'm, time is not my forte, but it was before <laughs> two thousand and eight, like maybe two thousand four or five. And I thought, okay, let's say we got the big building. Who would go in there right now that would be able right. to survive? And right. and so the real need was to to find and nurture and grow the creative businesses and organizations that would, you know, fill a mythical building. Well, by, you know. and,
0: and Spaceworks, when it, as, as I recollect it, when it was originally conceived, you know, it was the recession, which had, like, either just started or we were – I can't remember where we were in that – but like it hit a lot of businesses hard. There were all these empty storefronts, and it was like it was you know like let's put some pop up shops. Like the the idea of where SpaceWorks is now, where there's like this you know I'm, five years later, I'm still in an alumni program of SpaceWorks, and there's a community and all of this stuff. Like I, it was really like this. Like let's just get something, get something going. It mm-hmm. was, and it's really evolved in a way where again, so many of the guests on the show are saying this is the thing that. Got me the business. I you know got me the space mm-hmm. to try it out. All this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, would
1: I would just like to say that when we were conceiving it, it was always meant to be a sustainable thing, hmm. um, because there were there there was energy where people would do a pop up thing, but then what you right. know so right. just the way that I operate. I'm a systems thinker. It was like okay, how do we not only fill spaces, but how do we build you know, professional development yeah. with business. Now it took a couple of years to get it to a place where, you know, it's running full force, and I, I'm s- so great. I mean, it, c- it could have died on the vine. It was real close for a while there when funding fell through, and I just I th- got to give credit to David Trudell for stepping up on the ch- at the chamber to say, okay, we're going to be a full partner. You know, we're going to take on um, yep. the administration of it and such, and, and that's really what helped us to, you know, dig in and really start to, to grow it deeply. Well, and, and in some ways that business – training that the
0: chamber helps, you know, help, like, what a great way to just really help out Tacomans who might otherwise blow through their home equity client of credit trying to start a theater company on Opera Alley, hypothetically, just, you know, one example there. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Mm, who did that? Uh, That was me. Oh, passion, oh, passion. (laughs) Oh, passion. Um, And we didn't even mention the Grand there. I mean, like, in 98, there was, you know, Grand Cinema was just a fledgling theater, and then
1: did it had just become a nonprofit or was about to when you were there?
0: Uh, no, it was a nonprofit when I was there, oh four to oh six,
1: but just barely but, right.
0: But within maybe I think it was like ninety nine maybe that it had become a a nonprofit okay. and it had been like ninety six to ninety eight where it had been a for-profit. like like that's the kind of uh, situation. So a real explosion in the arts in the last twenty years, mm-hmm. which brings us to the stranger piece. And I want to just quote one thing. So he talks about he kind of talks about the uh, and this is Charles Mudede. Is that how you, how you say his last name? name. Talks about a friend of his uh, who was playing uh, a show at McMinimans and did not plan to play in Seattle because all of his friends came down. This was shocking to Charles. Um, <laughs> we didn't book this tour. Wrote Eric Blood when I emailed him about this anomaly. We're playing. Planning to play Seattle, but honestly, that Tacoma spot was amazing and it's not that far away. Um, As the arts are in decline in Seattle, this is uh, Charles again, they are clearly ascending in Tacoma. If this trend continues, it's not impossible to imagine a situation where the latter effectively becomes the center of the region's arts. And then goes on to talk about Tacoma Creates and a bunch of other things that we have going in the arts. I put out a poll on the channel 253... Uh, Twitter, you know, like, it, what do you think? Is this is this a joke or is this actually something that people can see? And like 80-some-odd mm-hmm. percent was like, yeah, we can see this happening. Wow. So there's something happening here. It does feel like we've tipped with Alma Mater, with McMinimins, the revitalization that we're seeing at uh, further downtown. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty cool. What mm-hmm. else uh, would be a sign for you that, that, at least right now, that we are do- going the right way?
1: Hmm. Well, I'm very, very interested in the artists that are coming up in Tacoma um, and and having reputations in Seattle. It irritates me when they call Chris Jordan a Seattle artist, yes. you know? <laughs> things yes. like that. Um, and people are really looking to Tacoma. Um, and, you know, I, I, just, I feel like we're not... We're not getting brushed aside as much because we're, we've really been working hard over the 20 years I've been doing my work to to really build the talent of our own and um, and and that's you know part of we we uh, produced I guess a strategic art plan a couple of years ago Artful Tacoma and um, it it was the most beneficial to me at least because I wanted to be able to call out the systemic work that we're doing that it's not just, Oh, we're, we have some grants for some artists and we have some, you know, public art, call it a day, you know, it, it's about, um, it's about creative economy. And really, I mean, my interest in, is in creativity and innovation and, yeah. and, and that is a broad brush. It's, it's it casts a net much wider than what people might specifically think of as the arts. Um, so really, um, uh, that burgeoning creativity, and then and then we look at the, uh, the you know like, teas, chocolates, and and the 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 brewers that are here now, and the other artisanal activities that right. kind of round things out. Um, and fu- and it's funny enough because one of the one of the initiatives in the strategy is to make Tacoma the center for the arts. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're not there Check. yet. But okay, <laughs> um, but also to I think that there is more of a of an acceptance of that creative vibe of Tacoma as part of our fabric, as opposed to something that's other. And that inclusiveness has been really imperative to who we are as a city as well. Um, And I think that, you know, talent comes from everywhere. And if we're not doing everything we can to make sure that we're reaching anyone and everyone who has talent, um, then we're not doing our job. So if there's a gap in a neighborhood of um, of folks that aren't, even knowing that they can apply for things, then we need to address right. that. And we've been doing that with um, a series of cohorts and trainings, both at the People's Center and the Eastside Community Center. And, um, you know, hey, we don't have any artists of color on this roster. We need to do something about that. What do we do? And and so, and, and then we we benefit because we have this amazing talent pool and so many more people to draw from. And, and other people are looking to Tacoma because other cities are realizing, oh, wait a second, you know, we, we want – we want artists of color to be participating in right. our things and, and Tacoma is um, ripe with with uh, that talent and this is kind of an aside I guess but you know I just remember reading an article a couple of years ago that said that that um, people of color were leaving liberal west coast cities in droves particularly African Americans and I'm like wait a second that, no that's you know what are we doing uh, wrong if that's the case And and in the arts I think it's it's a place to be. Like if Tacoma is the center for the arts for everybody, and we draw talent from everywhere, you know we're just that much stronger and more yeah. amazing as a result.
0: I was I was really proud of what Metro Parks and the city did with the art plan for uh, Eastside Community Center, with Chris Jordan and Kenji Stoll leading, you know that leading an effort there of outreach into the local Eastside neighborhood. The art. I mean, there were there were dozens of pieces that were purchased from the local residents. So that, mm-hmm. you know, some people, young people, you know, senior citizens got paid for the art that they produced. It's now hanging in a you know in a community center. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really their community center and in the most international uh, part of Tacoma that we have. I mean, what a what a way I, I've have never seen public art approached that way, and and it's it amazed me.
1: And it's inc- it's incredible. And then we have you know, like I said, there are more artists to draw from. Um, many of them that are participating in the training are going on to to get other commissions, and you know, just like um, other capacity building. How do we actually build the talent that we have so that you know, there's there's definitely a local. Um, drive um, and in public art, it's often like, well, it needs to be all local artists. Well, we we need both, yeah. both and right. Yeah. So if we're building our the capacity of our local artists to not only compete in town, but then to start to be able to compete in other communities, that's that's how people can start to make a living that way. Um, something else that we're doing that I think is really um, important, and I was going to say cutting edge. But I don't know what's Whatever. it can it can be cutting edge or you know uh, well it's bleeding edge eric <laughs> <Okay>. actually i'm <laughs> <Okay. laughs> just kidding but um what what and then this goes back to our plan too, is 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 thinking about um the creative ecosystem that that artists and again cre- you know to broaden that to creatives um have such a powerful voice and great minds and so many talents to bear to um figure out ways to engage them in more civic action. So um, we know for a fact that when artists are doing community engagement projects and such that more there are more opportunities for people to come and participate. Um, maybe, you know, we we know the classic, you know, planning open house. You know, I love, right. love all my partners. But we, we've done this before. We're like, why isn't anybody here? We have the charts and graphs and we have some coffee and cookies, you know. And um, and, and that's... and. And like everything, you know, there's a batch of folks that are down for that and they're going to show up for that. But what about all the other people that aren't? So bringing the artists into those kind of community engagement strategies – just naturally helps to broaden the spectrum yeah. of who's participating and how they're participating. So we've been training artists to do that kind of work as well. That's great. And I think again that 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 work is needed by other communities. So I mean, planners—you you, you see it on RFPs for all kinds of things. People want um, unusual community engagement strategies, and I want—I want us to have this, you know, team of trained artists that totally can be sense. deployed to the rest of the yeah. world. And, yeah. You know, we don't define it as job creation necessarily, but it is. I
0: want to take a quick break for our sponsors, and then when we come back, uh, I want to keep this topic going and especially touch on an update on like what's happening with uh, Tacoma Creates. Okay. Tacoma Arts Live energizes our community through live performance. Their mission is right there in the name. There's nothing like sitting in a crowded theater, elbow to elbow, as the lights go down and you feel that sense of anticipation of what's to come. Depending on the night, the experience at Tacoma Arts Live might engage us intellectually, touch us emotionally, or keep us laughing all night long. But no matter our reaction, at the core of that experience, we are flexing our most valuable muscle, our empathy, a crucial building block to the civic life of our community. Last year, more than 250,000 people attended an event in the Tacoma Arts Live venues. That's a lot of people. It's a sign of how vital Tacoma Arts Live is and how their diversity of programs mirror our community and how much we value that kind of experience. Connect with your community by visiting TacomaArtsLive.org to find an upcoming show that is right for you. Energize your passion and play your part. My thanks to Tacoma Arts Live for their support of Channel 253. Welcome back. We are here with Amy McBride to keep talking about The Stranger article and the Tacoma art scene and where it's been and where we're going. Do you remember like 15 years ago when Richard Florida and his book The Creative Class was like really in vogue and like everyone thought that they needed the creative class and Tacoma brought him here and every other city brought him here and everyone was like, this is the way. And then like two years later there was, I'm sure, some new book and a new, you know, way. But I do kind of feel like we stuck with that general plan, you mm-hmm. know, the the like build an art scene. There's an, there's an economic development benefit to this. Someone who is working as a, you know, illustrator or a public artist, like they are bringing in wealth into our community in ways that we can't always capture as easily as, you know, if we get a Amazon headquarters to or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts on how that all Very
1: much. Yeah. Okay. So I was excited when that book came out because it helped give me some additional framework and language to help communicate a case that I already believed in very strongly. Right. Um, And it was really interesting because the chamber actually brought Richard of Florida to town. And I was interviewed on KUOW a couple years, like a number of years ago now, about this because Richard Kotkin, I think, had said, you know, that was –
0: a fad, <laughs> yeah,
1: and it doesn't really work, and this that, and they, and I was sort of the local response, and and my response was that you know it, you know, things, there there are no cookie cutters, and I think when and I know some of my colleagues who are no longer with us at the, at the city at the time were like, well, we tried that check, and I'm like, wait, it's not a cookie cutter, it's not a you try it, you right. you have a strategy, and our strategy is to build our own, make a place where people want to. Um, Live and and uh, make a living in in Tacoma as creatives, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you know to really be strategic about how we we did that, and um, it just you know for me it was never a fad, it was never a. You know, and it's proven to be true to to continue to invest in in good ideas and in good people and give opportunities for people to take risks. I mean, I'm very proud of the arts commission and, and how they funded individual artists for so long, and and that you know um, the different programs that, that we get to try that that you know. It, it's none of what we do is one thing. Like I said before, right. it's systemic. It's like, and then, you know, and I like to hit things on a lot of different levels. You know, we're, yes, we want to build the economy, but that also, you know, creates destinations. But that also, you know, does all these other things. There are pieces to which that you know, we have less control, you know, around, you know, that are big issues around affordable housing and all those things. But to continue to try to have a voice and the stronger the creative community is, you know, Because gentrification is a a scary thing, and we're in the the midst of that. And um, it's like, how do we make sure? You know, one of the the fearful things I heard from this article was, "Oh yeah, but if we don't do the other parts that continue to make a city whole and healthy, then you know, are we
0: are going to turn into Seattle?" What everyone always, no matter what, that's everyone's biggest fear. It seems like
1: right. So, so really, I mean, I hope. As a city, that we are continuing to commit to the things that make it a, a vibrant yet yeah. affordable place, or where people can you know work here and not have to commute other places. All those all those issues that we're all grappling with. Right.
0: I think uh, one of the things with with that that book, the creative rise of the creative class, and and that like I generally I, I respond to it. it. It works for me. I do think that that I, I there's a case to be made to Tacoma not to like the elected leaders and the administrators who have to sign off on things but just like the arts make the community better and it doesn't have to be an economic development strategy correct it's one that's one it's slice it's just mm-hmm. it's just an also nice to have like mm-hmm. it's nice to have equity theater it's nice to have museums it's nice to have it's nice to have these things that make a place just a little bit more livable. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Well, I I think that, unfortunately, people like to pigeonhole and slice things out as if we're not holistic. And... I know I, I remember the feeling distinctly working in the arts who so were always tap dancing and like you know people are like oh that's just quality of life you know like don't say quality of life like we disregard quality of life right. come that's on right. you know oh but we but we make money and oh we you know we but we do this but wait we do this also and and it's like <laughs> Th- this
0: always gets to me with like youth arts education I sat on the distribution committee for the greater Tacoma Community Foundation for mm-hmm. like six years and It never happened, but I was always like, you're always saying, like, we're doing arts education for for character building and for all of these things. And I'm like, just, just, yes, yes, those are all true. But, like, you're doing it because the arts are valuable in and of themselves. Right. Um, But no one ever says that anymore. So, anyway, I want to talk about um, Tacoma Creates. Okay. For anyone who does not recall, this was a ballot initiative, a tenth of a percent of sales tax in the city of Tacoma that will fund uh, uh, arts around the city of Tacoma arts, for the next culture, seven science, or ten years? Seven science, years. Science, that's right. Arts, culture,
1: science. science, and heritage.
0: Okay. And it passed overwhelmingly in, I think, uh, like, every single possible district it could have passed in, which is kind of shocking. Yeah. So we haven't actually gotten any distribution of funds. Do you want to just update listeners on, like, where, where this process is? Because... It doesn't just happen, you know, the day after the election. There's a whole process that has to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, so we're considering 2019 our ramp up year <laughs> because there's a lot to ramp up. Um, the tax didn't even start to get collected till April 1st. Okay. So 2019, um, you know, the expected pro- projected income will be less than future years. More like four, three months or something. yeah. yeah. And um, we're really looking to change. Systems, right? So it's it's um, creating access and reducing barriers is the key, one of the key pieces, and and we're very fortunate in Tacoma to have such great collaboration. So we're working closely with Metro Parks um, to figure out, and and with the Tacoma Public Schools, because yep. a key piece of Tacoma creates is is uh, directed to public school access specifically. But to build on the initiatives that are, have been, already been happening, like the whole child access pass concept, where kids can use their school pass, which also has their socioeconomic information, because to, of free
0: and reduced lunch and things like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, yeah. So they can use that. You know, we're looking to try to figure out how it could also be a bus pass or a library card. There's, you know, a lot of, you know, the big full meal deal fancy thing ultimately, but. Um, if we as as the the public institutions can align so that um, we create ways that more kids and families can even get into spaces like after these after-school programs, that's going to increase the amount of people that are able to access what the service providers can then bring in. So currently, um, if you're a, uh, an arts organization, for example, and you want to work in the schools, you may not know how to even navigate that. Like, how do I get into the schools and what do I have to do to be in an after-school program? So creating those foundations so that, you know, here's how you get into the after-school programs, bam, 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 you know, um, is is a lot of what we're working on right now. We're trying to get a sense of who is actually out there that's eligible. Um, we do have to... Um, we're beholden to the originating state legislation sure. and then we're, we're crafting what it looks like in Tacoma. So, um, you know, much, much credit to the arts coalition that was really the um, – carried the heavy water on, on moving the campaign forward forward. Um, and it's now, you know, trying to talk to other folks that, that weren't part of that coalition, like, I mean, science folks. Because Arts Coalition are executive directors of arts arts and heritage organizations predominantly. Um, but then sinking into heritage specifically. The, I mean, the thing about the arts is they are so strong in Tacoma, but this initiative does include these other areas. So we right. want to be sure that we're um, looking at the needs of those because we, we want the, the areas that are less big to be able to grow, and what those needs look like are, are more complicated. I mean, we have a wonderful opportunity with, with culture to be um, diving deeper into immigrant communities, and, and so we haven't done the work we need to do, in my opinion, yet to really sink in, We you know, through translation or, or interpretation services to really be sure um, who's out there. Now, granted, you know, this is going to take some time, sure. um, and we're going to be rolling out this year what we're calling planning and sustainability grants to help the organizations help us um, get baseline data, because what are we measuring? What, do, what does success look like, and how do we make sure we can report back to the citizens what success looks like? Because this does go back to, to the vote in seven years. Sure.
0: How, how does the, the... So there was a very strong... Neighborhood push with this, where we didn't just want to see all of the money going to arts organizations downtown. Like it wants, we want to see things spread out into the neighborhoods. How does that look at this point?
1: Absolutely. So it's a it's kind of a two part thing, um, and the way we're looking at at how funding will roll out next year is if you're a an, an arts organiz or no, see see what I do because I'm an arts girl arts heritage culture or science organization of a certain size. Um, there's an opportunity to come for funding up to 15% of your organizational budget, with a capacity of $400,000. So, just to put that in perspective, we currently fund what we call our anchor arts institutions. The max they can get is $20,000 a year. So that's a it's a big increase, um, and that money is is to go to help them. Um, provide better access to their facilities. So that can be from, you know, the free and reduced ticket price, of course. Mm-hmm. But also what makes a facility accessible to people? What makes people feel comfortable there? What kind of programming makes people want to go there? So doing that work to make sure that um, people are, are make able to connect with folks that way. And then they also will need to be um, leaving their institutions and going into neighborhoods to do whatever they what the citizens right. want them to do, and then also plug into the public school. So they kind of they have to do all those three things and then participate in, in and benefit from different training like um, equity training. And it's a it, at the end of the day, it's an equity initiative. We want all people to have access to arts, culture, heritage, and science. So what are the things we need to do to make that happen? Um, things like evaluation, things like... Um, making sure the curriculum fits what the schools want, you know, just, just kind of those those systemic things. Then as far as the neighborhood side, um, we're going to be piloting a participatory budgeting process this year in hopefully two neighborhoods at least, maybe three, Where, and that's a process where you invite folks that typically aren't at the table to basically lead a process around um, getting people to vote, you know, the greatest and biggest ideas, and then you whittle them down and vet them into – Projects that can actually happen. That way, um, we'll know some specific projects that can happen, but we'll also have a wealth of information around what else is needed, and we can use that information to help feed back into the application process. So, if an organization is like, "Oh, I really want to work on the east side, but I've never been able to figure out how to get there," what they want. Okay. Oh, here's a big old list of things that people want, or you know, this is so it, it's a lot of kind of matchmaking, but it's it's doing a lot of work to to. Because I know organizations that want to do this work in different communities and just don't know how. And so um, not, you know, some of them. And so it's important to make those connections. And it's also imperative to be growing the smaller organizations that are working in community already. You know, it's not right. just taking from downtown to go into Neighborhood X. It's growing the amazing things that are happening and have been happening for Fab years. Fab Five on
0: the Hilltop or whatever it is. Like Absolutely. organizations that are already there and doing good work.
1: Yeah. Roosevelt Dancers, you know, different festivals. I mean, there's so many things in Tacoma that are done um, on on people's passion. And, you know, it's like what, what will it look like if – those organizations start to have sustainability and don't, you know, people don't have to work 12 jobs to keep their, you know, festival going or whatever it is that people do to, to, uh, um, keep these amazing things happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's wonderful that it passed. I think it's great that, that so much thinking has gone into the equity side of it, getting into the neighborhoods, not trying to just, you know, get the kids to the theaters or the museums downtown, but, Flip that on its head and get people, get the organizations into the schools, the parks, the neighborhoods. I think it's going to really pay dividends over the, these seven years.
1: Absolutely, and it and it goes back to I mean, and getting the kids to get to go downtown when they never have. You know, is key. that's important you know, too. It's really important, but it but it has to be a, a pervious situation. Yeah. and then our whole city is going to benefit because our audiences will be younger and more diverse. I mean, that's one of the biggest challenges in the arts often is yep. the, the graying white audiences, to be honest. And our, our yep. statistics show that to be the case. Yep. And this is a, a very uh, specific way to, to change that. Yeah, I think it sounds great.
0: Is there anything else you want to call out about uh, exciting things happening in the Tacoma art scene the, right now?
1: Whenever I get exciting, I'm like, uh Well, I, I do... I know less about this, but you know, to go back to the Stranger article, um, I think it's really exciting to see um, what you'd referred to before this this ecosystem for live music that's starting to um, to strengthen. So, yep. and even um, you know, no, I know. My office is is now with the Tacoma and Venue, venues and events department that runs the Tacoma Dome and the convention oh, center I didn't realize and such. That. Yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting to be working with the staff from the Tacoma Dome and knowing that that um, Tom Alexander, who who does the booking, is in communication with uh, the guys at alma mater and McMinivans and others. So like, very interested in how that starts to uh, strengthen and then what other feeder um, music venues might. Might emerge as a result of that. I am very still. I've always been interested in, and, and am very excited about the continuing growth of the of the film community. Mm-hmm. And one thing that oh, this is this is exciting, Eric. Okay.
0: I'm I am all ears. I'm really
1: excited about it because <laughs> I'm a nerd. Um, but uh, I've been working with Washington Filmworks over the n- past couple of years, and they're um, create or have created a a nonprofit arm that's currently called We Create Washington. They might rebrand it, but it's meant to be sort of a I don't know the right word. It's it's more than a guild, it's more than a union. It's it's an organization for creatives and it's still evolving. It just got invented. But the idea is to start to get some critical mass and and power behind creative economy, because we throw the some of us throw the word around and be well, what exactly does that mean? Right. And it's, you know, what they what they looked at was with with a film alone, you have this Amazing map of creatives from, you know, actors and filmmakers and directors to like post tech and musicians and all the people, you know, you can just imagine all the people and then the impact that, that film has when they come to your community. Um, so they're, they're taking the charge to really start to coalesce this, this movement around creative economy. And they're going to be, they're studying three communities to kind of get a sense of what the creative co- economy looks like. And Tacoma is one of those three cities. So I'm very excited about that because it will start to help us yeah. get our, our head around what that looks like. Cause we know it anecdotally, we can see it on the streets. We even have some data, but at the end of the day, you know, to be able to really call it out as an industry in a way that that it's a merging of nonprofit and for-profit. I mean, that's something that's hard for people to get their head around sometimes.
0: Did you know what? Film is a really important opportunity for, I think, growing the art scene because it's it's really easy to, to show a film anywhere in the world now digitally, but the artist can still be here. There's a lot of benefit to it. There's a lot of possible jobs in the film world. Did you know I was briefly the... Tacoma Film Commissioner?
1: I do remember that, and it's all coming back in some... when
0: I was at the C V B, because the C V B had the contract in the early aughts to be to run that. And I can't remember why, but they were like, Eric, you're doing it now. So suddenly I was the film commissioner and I got the my, my most favorite call was Mission Impossible Three was looking for a freeway or a highway that they could shut down for several months. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> think we have anything <laughs> like that here. But years later I was driving highway 7 up from um from you know up that big gulch I was looking around and I'm like, they totally could have shut this. This <laughs> this this thing is overbuilt. They totally could have done this one. When I saw the movie, I'm like, where's the freeway? And they used one of those like the old Florida Keys ones. Oh, um, funny. Which they always use in movies because they can shut that down for a long time. But
1: well, there's a big there's I was uh, there was just a little uh, film summit that the Grand put on recently. There was a, a lovely um, little summit, and I met a lot of great people there. And and there is consistently an ask for. For us to recreate a some kind of office like that, or have yep. a commissioner. I mean, Caladralli does permitting, but yep. you know, it's and she does her best to do some of that. But it, you know, to have it's some hard. a focus. You and know, you know, Seattle has a office of, of music and film yeah. um, that really focuses on that. But I, I I see that as a this amazing ecosystem that that hits on so many levels. I think it's a, that and the maker community are the two things that I think Tacoma is just poised to to help explode as you know yeah
0: the the arts so overlap into the tech world these days especially right. at fab lab right and um app design and all of those things i mean it's really fuzzy fuzzy boundaries
1: absolutely and and um you know the idea of Somebody, one of the SpaceWorks folks, it, it didn't it didn't take off. But one of his ideas was that Tacoma could be an outsource outsourcing location to LA for post production or whatever. Why not? You know, yeah. I mean, those are the kind of ideas it's I want to see a happen. Just a big
0: data transfer of a file. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's exciting. That I mean, that's really that's all, my heart. My heart is in uh, kind of the maker and film communities. Yeah. When I have time. I'm when like, you have time,
0: mm-hmm. yes. Well. Thank you, Amy, for sitting down and talking to us about the Stranger article, about everything that has happened in Tacoma. And thank you for everything that you do to help make Tacoma what it is. I I, I sincerely believe you deserve a lot of credit for all of the good things that have happened uh, over the last 20 years or so. so
1: thank you. It's thank my you. honor and pleasure. I somehow landed in my superpower and people keep letting me <laughs> do stuff. So I'm, I'm more grateful than you know for that. For that chance in life
0: well and also please pass on my thanks to the arts commission volunteers who uh, generously helped to fund episode 18 episodes of this podcast over 2019 i i was really appreciative and it helped get some arts coverage back in tacoma so please thank them as well
1: thanks arts commission Thanks, arts commission
0: <laughs> okay we'll be back for another episode next week Once again, Amy, thank you uh, for joining the podcast and talking about uh, what's going on in the city arts scene. I do also want to thank our sponsor who we had uh, in the middle of this episode, Tacoma Arts Live. Um, they're new to Channel 253 as a sponsor, and they just put out uh, their season, and I just got a highlighter, and I was looking at all of the things that I am really excited about. So I see uh, Rent is coming in September, the play version of Shakespeare in Love in October. Um, in November, I thought this was interesting, God is a Scottish Drag Queen, two shows of that. I, <laughs> I'm i intrigued. <laughs> Uh, let's see Hip Hop Nutcracker two years ago I think it was it was here and everyone was raving about it so I am definitely interested in that another Christmas one Seattle Men's Chorus which I've been to before and it's something of a classic and then there was one coming up oh yeah February 7th The Naked Magicians two hot and hilarious Aussie magicians say abracadabra and take magic to a whole new level what do you think of that one Doug? (laughs) Well, I'm just wondering what that level is. <laughs> exactly, are they leveling up? Exactly. or Are they leveling down? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot, uh, a lot of cool things uh, coming to uh, our theaters and Tacoma. You can learn more at TacomaArtsLive.org. Um, I just wanted to give them a special shout out since they're new, and uh, we really appreciate what they do. So thank you, everyone, at Tacoma Arts Live, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back uh, next week. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.